You're listening to Colorado Outdoors, the podcast for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Here in the state of Colorado, we've been blessed with amazing and unique state parks that are as diverse and unparalleled as the state itself. Today on Colorado Outdoors, we get to know Highline Lake State Park, the oasis in the desert, the recreational epicenter for the Grand Valley with two lakes, lush grass, trees, and trails. You're listening to Colorado Outdoors, the podcast for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. I'm your host, Mark Johnson. The podcast is powered by Great Outdoors Colorado. GOCO invests a portion of Colorado lottery proceeds to help preserve and enhance the state's parks, trails, wildlife, rivers, and open spaces. Its independent board awards competitive grants to local governments and land trusts and makes investments through Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Created when voters approved a constitutional amendment back in 1992, GOCO has committed more than $1.2 billion in lottery proceeds to more than 5,200 projects in all 64 counties without any tax dollar support. Well, we're talking about one of our great parks here in the state of Colorado today on Colorado Outdoors. And joining us is the park manager of Highline State Park. That is near Grand Junction. Alan Martinez is with us here for a few minutes. Alan, thanks for joining us uh, off the top here. You know, I read someplace that uh, they call Highline the oasis in the desert. Give us a bit of history about Highline State Park for our listeners who have not seen it before. All right. So I think oasis in the desert kind of hits exactly what Highline is. So most people in Colorado always envision the mountains, and actually Highline Lake sits in the desert out in western Colorado. Um, it was actually constructed in 1960, or it was opened up as a state park back in 1967, and the reservoir was put in, and it is one of very unique reservoirs in the state of Colorado, in the fact that it was built strictly for recreation. So mm. it's one of the very few in the state that do not fluctuate in elevation. So um, our lake spills from early April all the way through the end of October. So as most reservoirs in the state of Colorado are dropping 20, 30, 40 foot down and they're losing their boat ramps, Highline Lake does not have that happen. Wow. Um, so, uh, it, and it is the only water-based recreation um, location in the Grand Valley um, there in Mesa County. And because of that, Capacity issues have always been uh, a problem there at Highline. Uh, we deal with large crowds on weekends, and but people are out enjoying the, the beauty of the park. So, uh, you know, I tell people come out Monday through Friday, and it's a beautiful <laughs> place to experience, and it's a little quieter, and you can kind of enjoy nature a little bit, a little bit more than than you can on a weekend. But you know, we're there for. Um, we're there to provide a recreational opportunity, and that's what people are there, you know, come out and do. And uh, we also have a beautiful campground in the park that is extremely popular. Uh, so we're out in the desert, and you have, you know, it's 50, 60, 70-year-old trees and that are providing shade. Uh, we 
campground, so we got big turf grass lawn. So even though it's 100, 100, 102 in the shade, it's 85 or 90, so um, that helps. Uh, but our campground is basically booked from mid-March through the end of October now. Um, that that has changed over the years. Uh, I started at Highline a little over 33 years ago, and we were basically from Memorial Day through Labor Day, like most of our parks used to be. But, you know, the, the, you know, the increase in visitation, um, we now are full every weekend from mid-March to the end of October. So if you do want to come out and camp, you do need to make sure and make a reservation. You know, as you're talking about the history of Highline State Park, is there a significant, maybe fun, historical event you can maybe tell our listeners about? You know, um, yeah, there, there's a few things um, that we have found on, on the park. So the Uinta Railway used to run um, out there in the early 1900s, and and one of the dump areas was actually on what is now the park. And so we do have some old um, old items that we've picked up, and we've tried to create kind of a, a historical piece of the park. Sure. Um, the the other piece, you know, for those that aren't familiar with with the Grand Junction area, is um, in like 1907. Uh, right around then, they had put the canal systems in place, which is you know where Highland gets our water off the Colorado River. And so you know we you know there's some historical stuff there. If you come up to the inlet where water comes in, you'll see you know that stamp from the early 1900s on that concrete wall. So um, you know that that's that that old history that is um, that that is around that area. You know, you talked a little bit about uh, you know, camping, obviously, uh, but how about other recreational opportunities at Highline State Park? What 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 does the park have to offer, folks? So um, over the years, our, our, it has definitely changed. Um, trail use is a huge piece of why people come to Highline Lake. We have about nine and a half miles of trails on the park. Uh, that whole Grand Junction, Mesa County area has exploded with mountain biking, and we have a huge number of people that come out and mountain bike uh, on the park. Uh, boating is is obviously a big piece of why people come out and recreate, and that's that's changed over the years. But we have, you know, we're at, we basically are boat capacity on weekends as well, um, just because it is the only. Um, public reservoir there in the Grand Valley for boating. So, um, you know, we got a lot of boaters. Fishing is a huge piece out there. Um, we have a fantastic warm water fishery, which, you know, it would not be ha- would not be possible, but um, we, that, they're at Highline, at one of the first ever barrier nets put in place. And what that is, is there's a barrier net that, protects that keeps fish from leaving the lake over the spillway <laughs> and out of the out of the lake because we have the four endangered fish that are on the Colorado River basin. So because that barrier net was put in place we can have a warm water fishery and so we have a large number of people that come out there and chase largemouth bass, channel catfish, white crappie, bluegill, um, bunch of uh, you know, a bunch of warm water fish and so the fisheries piece is is huge, um, and then in the fall, it's probably one of the premier public land areas in Mesa County for waterfowl hunting. Wow. So we have 
huge migrations of ducks and geese, and so the lake is open to hunting Monday through Friday, and um, and it's it's a it's an amazing location to get out and do some waterfowl hunting as well. You know, as you're talking about fish, I'm, I'm thinking about something I saw. In fact, just on Twitter a short time ago, last a few weeks here, I think you've got to tell folks about the sunken boat there. When you're <laughs> when you're when you're going by the lake, you look out and think, "Oh my goodness, what kind of accident happened there?" It wasn't an accident. There's a boat out there for a reason. Tell people about that. Yeah. So it was, and and what, we had to draw the lake down this year, 16 feet to change that barrier net. So we have to change that barrier net out about every five to seven years. And so there is a boat that sank out in the middle, out, out in the lake, and it was put there originally. Um, it's been close to 20 years now. It was put there for a training opportunity. So um, most all of our patrol boats within um, CPW have sight scan sonar, so it gives us an opportunity to find a boat in the water, which... You know, that, that was the original thought process putting that in. Well, that's also now become a huge um, fish habitat structure. So mm. all of our fishermen that know where that boat is, I mean, our black crappie are swarm that area. They are all over around there. So um, so it, it was put there for one reason. It's really turned into a really good fish habitat structure. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's quite a great uh, conversation piece there, I think, too, in the lake. You know, you mentioned... Uh, it being a warm fishery. And, and, you know, here in the state of Colorado, we think about those cold mountain streams and trout fishing. H- how unique is Highline State Park from a warm water fishery here in the state of Colorado compared to the rest of the, uh, the Centennial State? Uh, you know, in, in western Colorado, it's very, you know, it is pretty unique because most of our water, our, our fisheries in western Colorado are cold water fisheries. And, I mean, if you get out eastern Colorado, they have some pretty phenomenal warm water fisheries out there as well. But, um, you know, we have, and, you know, the bass in there, I mean, we see largemouth bass in that seven to eight pound range regularly caught. Wow. Um, you know, we have channel cat in that 15 to 17 pound range. So there are some big fish in that lake. And, and that, uh, so it, it's one of the premier warm water fisheries in western Colorado. Well, every place has got its challenges. So as uh, you've been, as you mentioned, at Highline State Park for 30-plus years, what are the challenges, do you think, for this uh, state park moving forward? You know, our, our biggest, well, we've, we've got a couple of challenges. Our, our largest co- challenge is capacity right now. Um, so capaci- capacity issues and dealing with um, the large number of visitors that we see, uh, that, that really spiked during covid and, you know, we, we kind of realized we don't have the room for the number of people out there. So we were able to purchase 178 acres on the west side of the park, which is not, not something most of our parks can do in the state of Colorado. So here in the next few years, we'll at least be able to work on that issue by developing additional day-use areas, swim beaches, um, campgrounds, and we'll probably be able to triple the capacity. So, so that that will that will be um, very helpful. Another, you know, another big issue that we deal with is um, our our boating. Uh, we are very popular, so we do see, you know, we, we're at capacity every pretty much every weekend, and through the years. Boating has changed. Um, you know, when I first started, you had fishing boats and small ski boats, and now that you have these big ballast boats with surfers and wakeboards, 
Um, it's a small reservoir, so 160 surface acres, so it's a very small reservoir, and we are dealing with uh, a number of um, erosion issues. Sure. So the, the park has came in and put some breakwaters in to try and protect some of that shoreline. Um, also, due to this heavy wave activity, um, some of our other boaters, our fishermen, our, sail, our people that sail, um, kayak, paddleboard, canoe, um, they, they have voiced a frustration, and we moved forward and actually got a wakeless Wednesday put in place at the park. So that went into place this spring. This is the first year of that. So we will now have one day a week that is wakeless. So fishermen can come out and enjoy the lake and enjoy their fishing opportunities without getting chased off by the, the large waves. So that's that's a change that we made um, to deal with that issue as well. You know, along with uh, all the recreational opportunities we're talking about here with Highline State Park, there's a number of events out there, like endurance events uh, that, that happen uh, on the property. Tell us about those. Yes, we do. We, we actually host um, three, three large events every year. Um, the biggest event that we host is coming up this first weekend in May. Uh, we have an 18-hour mountain bike race. It is one of the most unique races, and it's probably one of the best, it is the best event that we put on there at the park. So we have about 120 teams that come out, and those teams can be anywhere from solo riders up to teams of eight. Um, they start at midnight. And they will ride till 6 p.m. So they ride for 18 hours on the trails there at Highline, and it is it is a very very popular event. Um, when they open it up, um, typically uh, it is booked within about two months of the date that they open that event up for people. So that that's a big one. Uh, we've also got a kids adventure race that we host up there every June, and um, again we have another one that we bring in about 120 teams. And these are teams of two with kids, you know, kids anywhere from six years old up to 17 years old that are on teams, and um, they, they do a bunch of stuff in the water, and it's, it's an awesome event and opportunity for us to get kids out into our park, and um, it's one that we enjoy. And then once we get into September, uh, we host the Desert Edge Triathlon out there, and that's, um, that, that race, you know, we have three different um, three different types of triathlons they run. They run a sprint triathlon for basically people are getting into it, an Olympic weight triathlon, and then they also do a half triathlon. So, um, so you know, big endurance events, and and they're they're a lot of fun to host. Um, you know, and it takes a lot of coordination, and you know, typically when we do that, we shut shut sections of the park off. So that's that's a challenge as well, just trying to. Well, here in the state of Colorado, we've got so many great state parks to visit. We always like to highlight one on occasion. And today we're highlighting one of the gems in the western slope, Highline State Park. Alan Martinez, park manager, joining us here for a few minutes in Colorado Doors. Alan, we appreciate the time. All right. Thank you for the opportunity. Our thanks to Alan Martinez, park manager at Highline Lake State Park near Grand Junction, for taking us on a podcast tour of one of the gems amongst our 42 state parks here in the Centennial State. Remember, for anything and everything pertaining to Colorado Parks and Wildlife, go to our website at cpw.state.co.us.
Thanks for joining us on Colorado Outdoors, powered by Great Outdoors Colorado. I'm your host, Mark Johnson. Until next time, get out and enjoy the great outdoors in our beautiful state of Colorado. Colorado Parks and Wildlife is a nationally recognized leader in conservation, outdoor recreation, and wildlife management. The agency manages 42 state parks, 960-plus species of wildlife in Colorado, more than 350 state wildlife areas, and a host of recreational programs from hunting and fishing to the state's trails program, boat registration, snowmobiles, off-highway vehicles, and more. All of its management is in perpetuity for the enjoyment of Coloradans and its visitors.